Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. My name is Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my partner, Adam Sunhalter. Partners in business coaching with a company called Maximum Value Partners. We, uh, we deal with companies from 1 to 25 employees, any industry, and we coach the owners on how to be better business people, how to make sustaining, growing profits, how to answer endless how questions. Our show tonight, we've been on a, a little tear involving, oh, political correctness and things that are buzzing around our culture today that seem to be somewhat annoying and somewhat destructive, too, in many cases. And I guess if we look for the silver lining, there's positives, like there always is with, with situations. But uh, we try to have fun doing what we're doing. We'd love to have you join the program. And... It's a nice cold night here in November in Willoughby, Ohio. That's where we're broadcasting from, like we do every Wednesday evening. Adam, what do you think? It's a nice. It's it's nice and toasty inside, Jack. That's the key. We're keeping keeping things warm and keeping everybody nice and toasty with the sound of our voluptuous voices. <laughs> voluptuous voices. <clears throat> That's it. That's a good All thing, right. isn't it? All right. So yes, we're here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Another great episode we got planned for you this evening, folks. And as Jack mentioned, you are always, always, always welcome to be part of the show. And there's lots of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, the simplest way is to get us when we're here live in the studio every Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can get us by dialing 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. Uh, Sean will answer the phone and be very, very kind and nice to you and send you on into our way. If you have questions, if you've got a how question of your own you want to get answered, you want to respond to some of the things that we're talking about, it's a great way to be able to do that. You can also tweet at us. We've got lots of ways in the Twitter sphere to get a hold of us. We've got our company uh, Twitter handle, which is at MaximumVP. If you want to get to Jack Mancini, he's got his own Twitter handle. It's at JackMMVP. And to get a hold of me, it's at Adam Sonhalter. So those are three ways in the Twitter sphere to get a hold of us. Good ways, yes. Uh, email, we like email too, radio at MaximumVP.com. And then you can also get us on our, our uh, website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W. A little form will pop up there. You can put in your how question to respond to what we're talking about. So lots of ways to be, to be part of the show. And you're always welcome to be part of the show. And if you've been a long-time listener, welcome back. Glad to have you. If you're a first-time listener, what took you so long? That's but hey, right. we're, we're, we're glad to have you here and glad to have you be part of the show. So uh, listen up, and we got lots of good stuff to talk about. We always have lots of how questions to address. So if we don't get them in from you today, we'll have plenty of things to kind of talk What's about. What's a how question, Adam? A how question is what vexes every small business owner every day. There are a number of them that they have every day, and it might vary day to day, or there may be ones that they're wrestling with day in and day out. But it could be, how do I deal with a bad employee? How do I find ways to make, make more money? How do I set my selling price? Lots of how questions that come up as part of the day-to-day -day where there's often an end goal in mind as far as what they'd like to accomplish, but maybe they aren't too sure how to get from that proverbial point A to point B. And so we help to address and answer a lot of those. We've been through thousands of these things, not only in the companies that, that, that Jack and I have owned and operated, but the the hundreds and hundreds of companies that we've helped coach and advise, as Jack mentioned, usually it's the small businesses, which is anywhere from 1 to 25 employees, and working with those owners. It's a very lonely place being the owner of that small company. So there's lots of ways to, to kind of go there. And a big part of what our show is all about, and the reason we started this show almost two years ago, was to help to share and shed light on a lot of those dirty secrets that are out there that people don't necessarily talk about in the light of day. Well, we're going to bring it out in the light of radio. You know, they, they don't know how to talk about it because they don't know what they don't know. It's one of those crazy statements. They don't know what they don't know. So if you don't know what you don't know, how do you frame a question? How do you frame a situation in words if you don't have the background? So people stumble around, and, and they basically start to be able to frame the question if they don't have coaches by experience. So it, it usually is a negative thing, that experience, that basically allows them to move forward and express what it is that they're looking for an answer to. And 
what you what you don't know is what hurts you and we know an awful lot because we've been doing this forever it seems so you're talking about how questions a little bit adam yeah we're we we love to be be asked how questions because we usually have an answer in fact almost always have an answer in fact i can't imagine the last time we were stumped with a how question and we say that we're not talking about the product side of your business we don't know squat usually about the product size of the or side of the business because we don't have to. That's your expertise. But the marketing to drive sales and all that administrative stuff, which most people can't even come close to defining and appreciate, we, uh, we have lots to say about that and lots of expertise to throw your way. So give us a call. Yeah, that stuff is what typically most of the owners spend most of their time dealing with. They don't spend most of their time dealing with the delivery of the product or service. They tend to deal with finding more customers, helping to, to get the right people on board, helping to, 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 to collect money to make sure profits are there, paying the bills, making sure things kind of come and go, make sure that the, 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 that the lights stay on. A lot of things that, that the owner deals with that are outside of the, the, the delivery of the product or service. And so that's where, where we tend to hone our, our, our message and what we're talking about here on our show. And we've got one tonight that's, uh, that's pretty deep. It was sparked by a a recent article that Jack was reading in the in the Cleveland Plain Dealer here, which uh, which I'll he'll reference here. But the overall question, the how question for tonight, is how do I find and retain good people? Mm-hmm. So how do I do that? And it, it, it can be the bane of existence for for many small business owners to try to find those good people. But there's an article that uh, Jack wanted to kind of kind of clue people in here in terms of uh, what kind of sparked this in our mind because it's something that, that we that we deal with quite a bit when it comes to the owners of small companies. Sure, there there are a number of good proven ways to find good people. But if all of a sudden duct tape is put across your mouth and probably your eyes too and somebody uh, tightens a, a rope around your neck, basically it's going to be pretty hard to express yourself and see what it is a good a good employee, good candidate looks like. So what we're, we're talking about, we've been on this uh, track for, for the last few episodes of our, our radio program here, but this is titled, and it was in November 3rd, 17, 2017, Job Interviewers Often Cross a Line, a Poll Finds. Now in this, in this article, they're basically talking about, first of all, a poll that was taken on, on a little over a thousand adults by some nondescript organization. First thing I have is a, a kind of a comment on that. You know, after the presidential election, the pollsters basically uh, were proven absolutely disastrously, if that's the right word, wrong. In other words, their polls were, were so strongly biased that they, they totally backed and predicted the wrong president by far. And from, from that, I, and I know a number of people, but for the most part, journalists and TV journalists, cable journalists especially, have to use polls to get any initial discussion on any topic, even though they've totally discredited themselves. They're using polls to basically start a subject. So in this article, basically the, the polls call for um, uh, the, the, the review and... and and solicitation, if you will, of comments for a little over a thousand people. And what they found was that 35% of people polled had been asked about their age. 35%, that's a third, about their age. And the same percentage had been asked about marital status. 21% had been asked about their medical history or whether they have a disability. 11% said they had been asked, that's a key word, asked in, during the interview, asked whether they had a partner who was pregnant or if they, they had plans to have children, and 9% were asked about their religious beliefs. Now, you can read the rest of the article, and they talk about this asked a little bit, but the inference is strongly, strongly pushed to the degree that even asking the question about race or they give another example. Somebody walks in with crutches and you ask them what happened. That could open you possibly, okay, to discrimination. This is where this article is going. Basically perceived discrimination. Adam, perceived discrimination. You come wandering in this studio, you come wandering in anywhere with a pair of crutches and, and I'm interviewing you for your job. 
What am I going to do? I'm just going to say, I, I, I can't even, I smile because of the stupidity of it. I'm going to not ask you what happened because of perceived discrimination. So you come hopping in here and sit down and your crutch falls on the floor. And, and I just pretend because that's what it is. It's a pretend world. It's a pretend world that says, I can't ask you that question, but I can ask you that question because I'm not discriminating. I can ask you about race. I can ask you about pre pregnancy. Now, with this article and what the culture seems to have evolved to is basically just the fact that I ask you is going to allow a threat of discrimination and somehow, some way, a charge is going to be filed against me and somehow uh, I'm going to be called a, a racist or whatever the heck people will call somebody for a slight. And it's nonsense. It's totally nonsense. Again, uh, using the crutches is a great visual. You come in here, I want to know, out of curiosity, just calmly. It's basic, basic human d d dignity or d decency That's to right. ask those kind of questions. So, yeah, we've got a four, what, a 400-word article here, Jack, probably, and what you're probably referring to at the end there is, um, all right, it's concerning about, you're you're about, about, no, about discrimination here, right? So the, the, the idea is it's, it may open you to potentially being sued or being accused of discrimination. It may right? open you to. So somebody who who, wanna, who walks out of here is going to file a charge with EEOC or some organization like that and say they were discriminated against because they didn't get a job because I asked them about, hey, how come you got crutches? What happened to you? I mean, the, the logic chain totally escapes me. I don't know. Maybe they're smarter people. Although I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, assume that. I can say it, but I wouldn't assume it. And well, also well, the, the, the the point is, that, you know, this is uh, this article is. And it w how, however, you agree with the poll, or don't agree with the poll. If it's credible or not credible, I think that's it does tie in very well to I think a very good feeling that's out there where uh, folks are looking to hire. It's it can almost paralyze them. From the standpoint, okay, and we've got a lot of clients, and we'll get into this here as part of the, you know, during, during the show here, that their first hires tend to be family and friends. And there, there are a number of clients we get involved with where they they haven't either hired ever or hired in a while somebody outside that family or friend zone. And what might appear to be a very simple question is, well, how do I interview somebody? You know, one of the, the, the comments there uh, towards the end of that article, Jack, talks about, hey, you know, employers need to make sure they stay current with laws and regulations and everything else mm. about, uh, you know, as far as hiring, what's kind of going on, thinking, how on earth <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a small company supposed to stay on top of all kinds of regulations that exist to avoid pitfalls, avoid stepping in things, avoid giving the perception of perhaps being, being discriminating when all you're doing is making conversation, trying to get a sense, because, you know, what happens after this person gets hired? Can I ask you about your your, your plans for, for for having children, Jack? Can I talk about political views or, or, or religious views? Can I, can I can I ask about hobbies, about things that are kind of going on? See, can, can I ask those things can, once you're hired? You can ask those questions. You can ask those questions, and perceived discrimination is the possible outcome. But by not asking those questions and <laughs> asking something else, perceived discrimination could be the outcome anyway. So it's not against the law to ask those questions or about those subjects. It's not. It's just don't do it because you might be construed as discriminating against this person. And I feel that's totally nonsense. It's totally nonsense because it's not right. Now, if somebody feels boiled over and, and wants to contest that with me, I'd love a call. 440-946-9468 is a way to respond. When we come back here from break, we'll talk about this a little bit more in terms of why you shouldn't be spooked from trying to go out and hire good people and find good people. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are looking for good people. Always stay tuned That's right. for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. Back and live at it. Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Welcome. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I am Jack Mancini. And we're business coaches. 
with a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we help owners of companies from 1 to 25 employees in any industry, any business, any line you're in. We can usually add value to your organization in ways that you won't even imagine. And we had to do that by helping you get unstuck from a state of how. Welcome to our show again. That's right. we got a how question tonight that we're, we're talking about. You can feel free to react to it. You can get us here live in the studio at 440-946-9468. We're here every Wednesday from 730 to 830 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to have you be part of the show. Our, our topic this evening has been about how do, you, how do you find and retain good people? And start off with an article from The Plain Dealer that was actually written out or taken from the Associated Press that, that Jack referenced that talks about a poll where interviewers are going to kind of cross a quote-unquote line when they're interviewing folks by asking some different questions. And it makes you think, unless you really sit back and read it and read between the lines a little bit, that, hey, you can't ask these questions, which in fact is not the case you can't you can't That's absolutely right. ask these questions the, the the issue is and it's almost like this is written by an attorney jack which is preparing yourself for being sued because if i interview you jack and ask you how old you are and i decide not to hire you even though i asked you 25 other questions as part of that interview jack and and you didn't qualify or didn't answer the questions right well you're going to recall is the fact that i asked you during the interview how old you were and you're going to figure hey they didn't hire me because you're of my too age old. That's i'm right. too i'm too old i'm too young whatever it's going to be right um, if I ask you for your marital status, hey, gee, he's married, he's not married, he's, he's with a partner, wherever it might be. Okay, so you can take that and make a case, hey, he asked me this question during the interview. And so it gives a perception of, of, of a discrimination. And there's a quote in here from somebody, let me see, who is that person? Kelly Marinelli of a consulting firm, Solve HR, said, It's concerning because when we do discriminate against people, it's typically because of an unconscious bias, hmm. an unconscious bias. So, so how do you measure that? How do you, how do you even find an unconscious bias? You gotta knock somebody out. You gotta <laughs> put an <laughs> electrode on their head when they're sleeping. If you knock them unconscious, that's how it works. Well, if, it's, if they're <laughs> unconscious, how do they have a bias? Well, of course that means blah 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 blah. You know it. It's it's crazy. It's gone to in the culture. It's gone to a point of crazy. Even so, saying crazy is probably uh, biased against somebody. So it's almost <laughs> it's almost you know. And, and their advice they gave is, well, just stick to, to questions about the job or whatever it's going to be. So basic human decency and different things like that are, are almost out the window in terms of almost being very robotic. So, but don't fear. Okay, don't let this as an owner because again our topic today is how do you find and retain good people that's right well and don't that, don't be gone. spooked by this you know don't let this stop you from trying to go out and find those good people to kind of bring them in and keep them as part of your organization to be afraid to ask certain questions or talk about things as part of, as part of the interview and to again to, to be a little bit more natural part of part of what you want to get a sense is, as part of the interview is and especially with a small company jack is you want to get a sense are they going to fit in with your company with sure. with your culture if i've got Five, eight, ten, twenty people as part of a company. There is nowhere to hide. This is not corporate America or or, or, or a Fortune one thousand company that's got tens of thousands or even hundreds and hundreds of employees where you can find pockets where you can hide. And I don't have to see you day to day, Jack. And it's okay for us to to be part of the same organization because we aren't really interacting or we we don't have to interact very often with a small company. There's constant interaction amongst the team. And so to try to find somebody who's going to fit is very, very important because, as we know, too, it's, you know, once you have somebody on board, even though you know, living here in Ohio, it's, a, it's a, um, an at-will state in terms of hiring people, it's hard to get rid of people, too, without the fear of being sued. Well, I, you know, let me, we're, we're talking about the characteristics of the classic age, race, um, disabilities, you know, if you're asking these questions. So the article... Asking a question related to those characteristics generally isn't illegal. Let me repeat that. It's generally not illegal, and that's what we've been saying. In and of itself, it's not illegal. But if the person who asked that question does not get the job, or who, who was, wait, let me start that again. But if the person who was asked the question does not get the job, it could be used as evidence of discrimination. Now, so here's what we're doing. We're talking about finding a good person we can't ask these questions that are pertinent to establish a nice relationship and, and understand this person better. And we're getting these bozos basically saying that this could generally, generally 
show evidence of discrimination. So in other words, we should worry first and foremost about a lawsuit possibly coming down the line by somebody who has little or no evidence, talking about unconscious bias, talking about they weren't there, they have to pull what to get what. And basically, you know, it's an improper question that, that could help a case down the road to show a pattern of discrimination. All this futuristic what-if absolutely freezes the whole process, and basically if we're looking for a good person, and we're focusing on a good person tonight, because that's one of the keys to success, in effect, certainly indirectly. If you can fill your company up with good people, you're going to have a winning company with, with some tender, loving care in a few other areas, but it's very difficult if you don't have good people. And if I can't ask somebody a question and feel comfortable with them and learn just through an interview process whether or not I like this person and they fit into the organization, how in the hell am I going to find good people and bring them into my company? How am I going to do it? It can be absolutely paralyzing, Jack. It absolutely just freeze, as you said. And so don't let, it, don't let that happen to your company. And I think it's, a, it's even a good screening method. The fact that somebody would feel so slighted because of a question that was asked during the interview that they didn't get hired for, that they would even think about filing a lawsuit. That, that to me, is a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's not, that's not a good person. Good people aren't going to do that. They're going to re recognize, hey, it wasn't a good fit from that standpoint. That's why they didn't get hired. They weren't qualified for the job. They weren't a good culture fit. Whatever it might be, it's, it's okay. Isn't it better to, to keep them out of the company versus bringing them in? Sure. So if we're after success, but if there's another agenda here, I'm not sure what it is. So we can't ask any questions. We can't make any judgments. So what do we do? Just hire this person and hope? Well, if you are talking to a bureaucrat and basically some of these people who wrote these ridiculous laws, uh, yeah, they, they, they may not have a clue. If you're a business owner, you're going to resent the regulations, many of them. That's why, you know, there is such an outpouring by small business owners against so much of government intervention because it comes up with stupid stuff like this. It's stupid stupid that it's inferred that if I ask questions about these, about race, about medical, about, you know, if, if I ask questions, I'm discriminating. I'm not discriminating. And this article says I'm not discriminating. But they're prepping us. So don't ask those questions just in case this person basically files a lawsuit of discrimination against you. So there's, th there's lots of regulations in place. You know, even if you're going for, for references. You know, what happens these days now, all of a sudden people aren't even allowed to give a reference. They can give reference, and usually that's the, the question is, you say either that person worked there or they didn't work there from, from, you know, from date A to date B. And, you know, as a former employer, you can't... Jack, I, I can't warn you that you shouldn't bring Bob on board because Bob's a total whack job, right? I can't tell you that. I could, but then all of a sudden I'm opened up for, for, That's for potential right. wait, suits. That's right. Wait, wait. That could be, let me use the words here again. That could be perceived discrimination. Sure. But wait a minute. It's factual. Oh, so no. It's open, to, it's open to judgment, isn't it? In terms of what I view as being a whack job, you might be viewing as totally normal, Jack. Well, your your opinion. We've, aren't you allowed to always give your opinion? <laughs> well, apparently we aren't not. lawyers, That's so we can't. We can't. Uh, oh yes, we give that caveat. Okay, yeah, that, that's our that's our caveat for the show, folks. We aren't we aren't attorneys. We're just business guys, and we're, we're talking common sense here, which we know often doesn't work with law. That's okay? right. It's our um, opinion, definitely. But so that that being said, one of the biggest gating items for success for any company, especially a small company, is is having or not having good people. And as you can see from our opening discussions here, a lot of folks don't even want to bother. You know, a lot of the owners don't even want to bother with, with all this potential lawsuits or distractions or everything else in terms of going out and finding folks who aren't family, aren't friends, aren't acquaintances, aren't somehow known to them already. And so that's usually the web that they start with. They start with the, those family, friends, acquaintances, somehow connected to people who are there already to find people to come in. So they've, they've made a determination that we have a, a need for the organization. And maybe they've even gone through the process of, hey, putting together a little bit of a, a job description or a list of duties or, or some skills, something that kind of says, here, here, we need somebody to do this. Profile. They want a okay. profile of, of, yeah, the a profile of the ideal person from a skill standpoint. And usually by the time they're at the, that, that point of looking to hire somebody, they've, they have a huge 
huge need for that person, right? So, because it, it takes time to even go through and do that kind of stuff. So let's make sure that we go out and find the person and find the right person. So just because it happens to be a family or friend or somebody they know pretty well, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the right person for that job. So there's lots of ways to go about, go about finding those people. But if you, A, haven't ever, ever done it, or B, haven't done it for a while, there are some good avenues that are available these days. And maybe some questions kind of going through your head. How do I go about doing that? How do I find these candidates that I can, that I can have to interview Jack that I might, may or may not ask the wrong questions to? So how do I find those people, right? That's, uh, it's there's a lot enough, of ways to, it's hard enough doing that, but uh, there are ways. Yeah. So there, there are lots of ways to kind of do that. We, we want to talk about that a little bit more in today's show about ways to go find those people for one, but then also to be able to kind of bring them on board, screen them properly, and then be able to retain them. Because to me, that's really the, the the big part here. And we talk to our clients about this all the time. That once you find those good people, and if you ever seen a good person, because again, many companies have never seen it. They've never had a good person. The owners, in their business. the owners never saw a good person. Right. So once you see it, you kind of know what it is. You grab them with both hands and don't let go. And so find ways to be able to retain them to make them part of the organization. So we'll get into that here a little bit when we come back from break. So stay tuned for more. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we're still looking for good people. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. All right, we're back at it here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We're talking about lots of fun stuff as relates to good people. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. A business coaching company. And we're good people, and we're often referred to as uh, the Bobs, right, Jack? That's, that's right. That's one, of our, that's one of our many nicknames is the Bobs. And for those of you hopefully get that reference from the movie Office Space, if not, you watch and have a lot of fun with it. But we have a lot of fun being called the Bobs. Talk about what exactly it is that you do here, Jack. That's what we're trying to figure out. But you have good people. They do lots and lots of good stuff. And when it comes to a small company, there's lots of people who are there. They may not necessarily be good people, but there's certain people getting some stuff done. And so we're talking as we head out to break in terms of, again, if you haven't hired anybody ever who's not somehow related to you or you haven't done it in a while, it can be kind of intimidating to kind of get back out there. It's almost like getting back in the dating scene, Jack. If you haven't dated for 10, 15, 20 years, it's a lot different out there than it was 20 years ago in terms of where do you go to find people, you know? And so there are lots of different tools out there today, but, hey, if I've never done it before or have done it recently... You know, do I do I go to a to a Craigslist? You know, do I go to an eBay or an Amazon? Do I do I have been hearing you know ads for Indeed.com or ZipRecruiter or um, you know do I do I talk to a staffing company or a, or, yes. or, or or a recruiter? I mean, these kind of sound yes, like they might be they, they, they might be kind of expensive, Jack. You know, yeah, that's, some uh, that's, might be some some you get what you pay for that old lump, wonderful cliche, <laughs> and and it's very true when looking for people. So where do you go? You go to all those places until you find the right candidate. And as we've been talking tonight, finding that right candidate eventually is going to require a sit-down and a relationship-type evaluation as you talk to them and ask them questions. And if you're wound tight because you're afraid of asking questions that might result two years from now in a discrimination lawsuit, then you aren't going to build too much of a relationship nor really pull out of that interview kind of somewhat of the feel, somewhat of the, 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 the structure that, that's going to help you decide that this person is good, good for your organization. It's all part of it. The soft stuff is all part of it. So you can try a variety of, uh, of ways to find candidates, and it helps to know what you're looking for. You know, we use that broad term of kind of a good, you know, good person. We've had a, another client that, that, that referred to it as, you know, I need, to, I need to find some more smart people to come into the business. Another way of kind of saying it, you know, it's not that uh, the current employees are, are, are dumb per se. It's just a, it's a way to kind of frame it, you know, I need people who are thinking about more than just blinders on, doing the job, you know, whether it be 8 to 5 or it's going to be. I want people thinking bigger, you know, that, that, that want to grow, that, that want to get better. There's a lot of characteristics and so it comes to when I say knowing what you're looking for. Part of it is knowing what the what the what the duties are in terms of what you want somebody to do 
in terms of different jobs or functions. But a lot of the softer stuff in terms of the background and skills, the, 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 maybe the, the more intangible stuff about what makes a good person to kind of bring them in. And so, again, it's one of the, the biggest challenges that, that Jack and I have in our day-to-day coaching uh, of owners of small companies is many of them have never experienced what a good person can do in their business because they tend to be the good person, the owner, but the, the people that they've got working for them are there, again, because they're known to the owner. And so they're, they're doing stuff, and you know, God bless them. They're probably doing the best they can, but th- th- they may get kind of tapped out. And we've had all kinds of experiences with this, you know, whether it be, um, you know, we've had a client who's been a client for a number of years now when we first started, um, was in business for almost two decades. And one of their, you know, well, I'll call a key, uh, a key person had been with them since almost the beginning. The challenge is that, you know, within the first decade, they kind of outgrew this person in terms of their skills and the way they were doing stuff. And that person stopped getting better. So they kind of tapped out. Now, whether that because they became complacent or, or, or what it was, or, or they, again, they, they maybe just kind of tapped whatever their, their horsepower was, it was holding the company back. And as I know the, the owners listening can appreciate this, and even if you're not an owner but you work at a small company, you can appreciate this. It becomes like family in a small company. You get to know each other pretty well. And you get to know the ups and downs, even with the you know our, our discussion here at the first part of the show, Jack, about what questions you can and can't ask. And once somebody's part of part of a, a small company, and, and it, there's a certain culture that's there, the people kind of know what's going on in people's worlds, you know. And so it can become very hard to cut ties with somebody. It's never a good time to kind of move on from somebody. There's always something going on in their life, right? Sure, it could be an illness sure. here, a baby come, whatever it might be. There's always reasons you could find not to kind of move on. But if you've experienced good people, and so like this, this case I'm giving you, it took this owner well over a year into our, our engagement to finally cut ties. And it came to the point where the, the owner was starting to see some real dollar costs to this person in terms of mistakes that were happening, things that were being overseen. And, and again, what's often the case is those are the things that you're finding as the owner, but they, there's a lot more that was behind it from that standpoint. And once that change got made, it was, it was it, 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 like anything else, the first time is always the hardest like that. I was able to then re, re, or kind of make over the entire organization in the course of about 18 months and getting good people on board, certainly better people on board. But there should be a constant search for good people to come into your organization because they can, they can do so much. Well, a good person has a, a usually an, uh, a lack of, uh, not a lack, but a, a, an abundance of skills based on their experience and their intellect. Now, they've, they've been around enough in business that they understand how the flow, ebb and flow of business goes, and they've been through enough through their experience to understand that not everything works out right for the company, and you can't wallow in pity, self-pity especially, but you just pick yourself up and move forward and and continue to put out the right kind of effort and show up with an attitude that's that's that can be electric in the sense that it's positive and you like to work and your your attitude shows it and you don't you don't uh, spend time being negative and gossipy and so you you have a skill base that's good you have an attitude that's good and you have the ability to add value to a company through creative means, just because you have those couple of characteristics. That's a good person. And it makes the organization better all the way around. And if that person holds strong and you, the owner, covets that person and, and the attitude, that's, that's what we're calling a good person. They surprise you with good works. They surprise you with new ideas. And they aren't afraid to put them forth. And you know, if it gets batted around, not accepted, they don't. They don't complain and whine and become a victim of and discriminate and do all this other nonsense that that so much has uh, invaded our culture today. That's how I look at it, Adam. Here's a here's a dirty secret moment, Jack. Listen up, folks. The owner does not. I repeat, the owner does not have all the answers. Wait a minute. We always look to the owner for all the answers. 
He's got to have all the, the answers, owner, no? The owner, whatever she's doing, she's doing her best to kind of give you the answers, you know, giving her, her her best know-how and everything else. But she does not have all the answers. And guess what? She's never going to have all the answers. And so the reason I bring this up is that the, here's, I'm going to dig deeper into this secret, Jack, in terms of why good people are, are often not brought on board. It can be intimidating for me to kind of interview you, Jack. If I'm trying to bring you in for a position that I'm not that good at or I don't really know much about, again, if it's going to be outside of the product or service side of the business, I'm not sure what questions to ask you or if I'm going to screen you properly or, you know, lo and behold, if I do decide to hire you, Jack, and bring you on board, I'm not sure how to even direct you, right? Yeah, that's, that's why the relationship is so strong and so many of these questions that we were talking about first half of the, the show is so important. But go on. Well, it can be very. It can, so my point is, it can be very, very intimidating for the owner. Okay, they recognize a shortcoming that, that that they have, that they realize that they need to have some expertise in the business. They aren't quite sure how to kind of get it, and it's a it's a key role that we play for a lot of our clients when they're when they're starting to kind of bring on some good people. We will often interview and screen some of their key their key management team for them, because we have a lot of background experience that our clients don't have. So, for a simple example, if we're looking to bring on somebody in more of a a uh, controller CFO type role. Okay, well, you know, Jack and I have been in those roles. You know, we, we understand how to, how to talk that language. And, you know, much like whatever your product and service is, if somebody you're interviewing and you ask them a few questions, within 30 seconds, you could tell that person either knows or doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. The same thing's true here. Whereas if I don't know what I'm talking about and I ask about the product or service, they may wow me with a lot of great words that sounds like they know what they're talking about. But in reality, it's just a bunch of BS, right? That's right. And so if, if you don't have it, you got to find some people that, that, that are part of your, your inner circle that you can help kind of tap into to give you some of that guidance to be able to find, here are some good people. Because you know, I think what you're touching on, Jack, is these good people bring in all sorts of experience and ideas and ways to do things uh, different, maybe even better than you're doing them now. And you aren't even sure. I think you may mention this at the opening part of the show, Jack, as far as how to frame it. I don't even know what to ask to, t- to, t- to, t- to tell you to do it better because I don't know if we're doing it wrong or how to kind of go about it, but just, you know, versus, hey, here's my mess, Jack. Here's what I've got so far, and I'm going to trust you I to kind of analyze it. How you talk about it and what kind of confidence you have and if your story makes sense. Again, coming back to characteristics of our earlier discussion here, I have to be able to feel good about you. I... I, I'm hiring you because you're good with, with certain things that I know I'm not. Uh, for me to be intimidated, it's kind of silly when you really peel it back, but you're right. So many business owners are intimidated by that. Well, you, you need that expertise in your company, and you aren't going to drive the training of it personally. So there has to be a little bit of a, a leap of faith, and that's what's important. And when you get this person, the, the balance that that brings to an organization can be huge, just huge. So if we need spreadsheets, I'm not going to do them. You will because <laughs> you like them and you do it well. So, you know, that it, it's, it's that kind of stuff that, you know, you, you've, you've outlined the needs that you, you uh, require to, to have a job done and done differently and done well. Then you're looking for the, the confidence and the skill level you can't necessarily judge it based on your experience because you don't have the experience. And you can read it in a book, but that's never really good. That might give you 10% of what's needed. So it's the soft things that basically you're going to make a decision on for hiring a good person. Well, c- keep this in mind, too. If you've <coughs> tried to hire good people and you haven't had luck, have hired one person, person or two people or five people and it just hasn't quite seemed to work out and if you're settling do not settle because it doesn't do any good for you for that person for the organization you had a client recently who had that kind of that kind of experience they've been trying to find uh well i'll call more administrative support in terms of uh doing certain report report (coughs) writing doing certain things in terms of it relates to, you know, answering the phone. A lot of it has to do with being, uh, quite frankly, the, the, the first wave or the first impression of the company. You know, somebody's answering the phone, that's a pretty big deal, folks. I mean, you know, when somebody's first calling your company, that, that sets the tone for their, their, perhaps their first interaction with your company. And they have had 
struggles over the years with, with finding that position. And But again, one of the, the beauties of what we do from our coaching standpoint is when we see clients on a regular basis, when they're talking about people, quite often it's not necessarily positive stuff. It's often negative stuff. And so we can point out to them, hey, you're talking negative about this person or, or these people. We've got to find ways to, if they aren't going to get better, chances they aren't going to get better. We've got to find ways to replace them. Well, they said, okay, you know, we'll try again. We helped them kind of pull together, as we were talking before, a nice description that talks about the, the, the skills and the background as well as the, um, the duties and tapping into some of these resources we're talking about, you know, like the, the Indeeds or the, or the ZipRecruiter pieces to, to go find some good people. And wouldn't you know it, you know, they had quite a few good resumes come in. And as they interviewed people, they'd kind of narrowed it down to maybe four or five good candidates. So we talked about, did a little analysis on them, and, and they wound up hiring a person that came through the second round of interviews, and they said, you know what, we knew when this person walked in that she was the right person. Because what had happened is a couple of things. It was those handful of people that they'd hired over the years kind of helped them know what they didn't want. And then also now as they're, they're engaged really in the process and they had very clear what they're looking for and they talked to a bunch of people, it became apparent to them. And so that experience that you, that you have with having the wrong people is very, very powerful and in helping you identify right, develop the good people. Yeah, and right? identify quickly who that, who that right person is. And so it can often be to the point where you, you, you almost feel um, gun shy to, 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 to pull the trigger quickly on somebody like that. But hey, again, if you've dated for a while, you kind of know what you're looking for because you, by knowing what you're not looking for, right? So when you see it, you kind of know it. And, and with hiring, it could be, you know, it could be that way quite a bit. So it certainly helps. It helps hone it in. That's for sure. All right, we'll be back here in, in just a in just a minute. Uh, stay tuned for our last segment talking about how to find and retain good people. I'm Adam Sunhalter, and I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches. And we work for a company called Maximum Value Partners. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. All right, welcome back. We're here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter with a good person over there. Hello, Adam. Named Jack. Yes, sir. My name is Jack Mancini, and uh, we're talking about how to find good people and bring them into your organization so your organization can grow and prosper and do a lot of stress relief, too, if you have a good person or good people because they carry the ball for you, and that's how you really create value. That's how you create a valuable small business. You, you have it be able to run by the employees that you've hired, not by you doing all the stuff. So if you can have a team of good people, they're going to not only do the stuff, but they're going to add value through creative ideas, and you can have a whole different atmosphere in that company. So it's really important, really important for many fronts to have good people. As obvious as that sounds, it's, it's very true, and it's surprising with small businesses how often that is not the case. So we have a miserable owner. The company is set up to fail in many cases. Like 60 to 70% of small businesses after five years aren't going to be around. Well, with good people, that usually doesn't happen. And that's what we're here. We're talking about that tonight, and Adam's going to tell you how to find a good person. Yeah, we spent some good time here the, earlier in the show kind of giving you some resources to kind of look at in terms of finding those good people and, and encouraging ways to interview and talk to them and to screen them out to make sure that you do not settle for folks who aren't good. And if you aren't sure if you have good people or not, a good trick is to find good people is maybe talk to some friends of your own companies, meet some of their people, talk to some of your, your suppliers or vendors. And I guess there's somebody somewhere within your company. Again, if it's not an employee of yours, it's going to be a vendor or supplier or some type of guy, maybe even a customer of yours, where you sort of recognize, hey, if I had a person like that on board, Boy, I could do almost anything, Jack. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about having good people and what they can do for the organization. When you finally get those people on board, your prime job as the owner is to make sure you can keep them. Okay? And so there's a couple ways to keep them. That's one of the things I want to do, do here in the last part of the show is talk about that. How do you retain these people? Okay? Well, let me tell you how you don't retain them. Okay? Keeping oh, things secret. Keeping things secret and hush-hush, not, not being open to what's kind of going on. 
not asking for their input on stuff, shooting down their ideas, uh, pushing them in corners and, and, and trying to underpay them versus what they're, versus what they're worth, kind of being real cheap like that. There's lots of things you can do to, to really kind of chase them away and not keep them. Okay, But we encourage folks, and you bring good people on board, as you start to open up to them. Open up what's going on in the business. Talk about where you as the owner want to take the business. Talk about some of the things you're maybe struggling with or some ideas you might have. Ask for their input and their ideas, what's kind of going on. If they're adding value to the business, don't be afraid to compensate them for that. And that can be a lot of different ways. Money is one way to compensate, but there's also ways to compensate in terms of um, extra days off or, or whatever it might be. But, but you know, even, even a sincere thank you, acknowledging their contribution. But to find these good people and, and don't strangle them. Don't, I hate the word here, but micromanage them. You know, th- th- don't kind of nitpick at them because chances are if it's a good person, they've got a lot of skills and experience that you don't have. So you may be your own worst enemy getting in the way if you're trying to squash them or try to oh, you know, put too tight a rain the on them. The tendency is once you've discovered a good person, you overload them. And if the good person is who we hope you would, would hire, they're going to tell you they're getting overloaded. So you don't, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. That word micromanage, I don't understand what micromanage means. I mean, I hear it all the time. I rarely have ever used the term. You know, you're going to find somebody good and load them up. That's what you should. That's what you should be doing. Not directing the individual work, like standing over their shoulder. And, and uh, you know, that to me is the picture I get of micromanaging. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're talking about. Uh, we, we want a good person that basically you can load up, and they're going to come back and surprise you with summaries and criticism and constructive criticism with solutions. That's what you want. Let me give you. Let me give the audience a real simple example of this, Jack. What does this look like? So, a client of ours who recently brought on uh, kind of a more seasoned person into the organization as more of kind of a uh, an operations or general manager type type role. And part of what's happened, in, you know, in the first six months on you know on board is uh, this 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 GM has needed to to work remotely for several occasions. Okay, now. I know most owners get hives thinking about that. Hey, if the, the, the person's not here where I can physically see them, that's still, it's still a big deal these days. And the, 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 the perception of, of having control or that somebody's working or not working as if they're physically in the plant, in the office, whatever it might be. So instead of uh, denying this really seasoned person from being able to, 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 to work remotely, we encourage our client, hey, let's test and see how he does. It's a great way to, to, to be able to test him pretty early on and see how he does. And what do you know? He did a fantastic job. Fantastic job because he's, he, was a, he was an adult. You know, one of the challenges that, that, that we hear is often from folks is, hey, all I, I feel like all I'm doing all day, Jack, is I'm babysitting adults. Boy, and so it's so true because of all the bad hires in so many of these small businesses. Right. So I have good, a bunch of kids. If I have good people, and, and, and if you're a good person, Jack, and we're clear what the expectations of the job are, you know, as long as you're getting that stuff done and you're getting, we're getting the results that you and I have agreed upon, however you do that, wherever you do that, I may want to ask to learn from you <laughs> or to, to, to find different ways to do it, but I shouldn't be, again, I'll use that term, micro, I shouldn't be micromanaging this or, or to force you in certain ways. So give me the freedom. If I'm a good person, treat me like an adult. Don't treat me like a little kid who's got to be watched over all the time because you're, you're going to smother me. And good people don't, don't like to be smothered. So they they want to have a chance to be able to kind of flap their wings a little bit. And think about that. You as the owner, chances are you've been smothered before at some point during your life when you work for somebody else. And it, it may be a big reason why you decided to go out on your own. You may figure the only way you can Could get out... Could very well be, yeah, yeah. You don't have the freedom to... To we'll use that term, flap your wings, because that's a good one, you know. It was, you know, it's a, it's a big deal for, for for good folks, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, I recall spending three years commuting back and forth between New York and Cleveland before you know joined up with the Jack to the the start MVP here, and I didn't need, you know, the, the the reason that my team in New York was okay with me moving back to Cleveland and commuting back and forth and working remotely was they knew I could be treated like an adult, that I was a good person, I wasn't going to take advantage of the situation, I was going to get my stuff done. They didn't care that I was doing it here versus New York versus wherever else. Wherever else. As long as I was available I was, and I was doing the right things, <coughs> good people do the right things, and, and they appreciate that. 
Well, much of the management in small business is is a learned a learned skill from the industrial days, many cases, and uh, nine to five, watching time clocks, things of that nature. If, if I can't walk into someone's office and see them working, by God, they're they're probably uh, taking time away from me. So much of of business has been holding information, to your point earlier, uh, close to the vest. Don't share it because you don't know how to share it. But more importantly, you, you have a built-in bias, I'll use that word, about sharing information because people are going to steal from you. And they're going to they're gonna form another company and go against me. And uh, it's not really a rational thing to do that. It basically, if, if you have good people working for you and you help train and enlighten good people with how a business works, how your business works, where the challenges are, where the opportunities are, they're going to add tremendous value to the process. And that's what we're looking for. And that's what you're looking for when you're, you're in the interviewing process and hiring people. That's what you want. All right. We're almost to the end of the show here, Jack. Let me leave the audience with this visual. It's one of our favorite movies of all time, which we, we, we reference a lot as part of our coaching sessions to our clients. And that's the movie Tommy Boy with Chris <laughs> Farley and David Spade. And you remember that scene when they're at the restaurant and you know, Chris Farley's character, Tommy's having all kinds of trouble getting any sales. And he talks about what happens when he gets all excited, where he gets that little, gets that, you know, he's using an example of having like his little pet hamster and he loves him. He's using a little, he's holding on to that, that, that little piece of bread and he's holding it and stroking it, cuddling it. And all of a sudden he just takes it and he, breaks its neck and he smashes the thing up because he's smothering it so much. Don't do that to your good people. It's okay to stroke them and, 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 and cuddle them and be, good, and be good and be appreciative of them, but don't smother and strangle them. Let them grow and flourish and you and your company will grow and flourish right along with them. All right. Is that a good okay. visual to leave them with, Jack? What do you think? Nah, it works. All right. It works. We can see that one. All right. So I want to thank you for being uh, joining us here <laughs> on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Remember, we're here every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can get us in between at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call at 877-849-0670. At Maximum Value Partners, we basically are the best business coaches, certainly in Northeast Ohio, but we could stretch it to go farther than that. And we can help you with your company. We'd love to talk to you about it. Remember to go subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave a, re a review when you're there. You can go to the archive part of WINT Radio and see the show there. And listen and, and learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 13.30 a.m., 101.5 FM and online at wintradio.com. I've been sleeping all along. I won't kiss you.